2: with John. How do you usually cope with these Bills losses? I myself usually go through some anger and depression and then you end up coping and bargaining and, and eventually get to this place where you can sit and do a podcast, I guess. Ha!
0: Like, why? It's like, you ever watch um, Arrested Development where George Blue Sr. is crying and he's like, why does Oscar have hair and I have money? Why can't I have money and have hair and Oscar have nothing?
1: And rando. The bills, they're not even eating Doritos. They're eating the knockoff Doritos that don't have the cheese powder. On them because they're knockoffs because they suck.
2: Those are called tortilla chips, Brandon. On Buffalo Rumblers. All right. Welcome back to Not Another Heartbreak Podcast. We're here on a Wednesday evening. We missed our Wednesday episode this week, had some stuff come up. So, apologize to you guys who were expecting that, which was probably no one. I don't even know if anyone's going to listen to this episode, but (laughs) I think everybody's not like me. I haven't listened to a single bit of Bill's content at all this week. I don't know if, if you have, I just, maybe that'd be better for me to digest things that way, even like the second day after, but I'm still like denial. Maybe that's the right stage that I'm in. I feel like it's, you know, I go backwards. I was less mad about this one. I don't know. Like really, I don't know. 13 seconds. I was furious. Like I couldn't get over the madness part of it. And this time I'm just like, I'm just like, why, why can't it be us? What I was like like universe. Come on. Like, do you do you hate Buffalo? Is Buffalo cursed? So maybe that's bargaining. I don't know exactly what part of that is, but anyway.
1: I think the part that, that gets me is that I keep seeing these posts that's like, remember the Bills traded the pick that drafted Mahomes to the Chiefs. Right? Right. And it's now we are here three times in a row getting bumped in the playoffs, you know,
2: three out of four years. Joe Burrow, he wasn't even there. We could have got there without even seeing him. Uh, yeah. It's well, all very frustrating. and yeah, yeah. I mean, the proverbial ball went right through Stefan Diggs' proverbial hands, you know. I'll, in, I have a take on this. In real life and metaphorically. Well, I have a take yeah, on yeah. this. Okay, yeah, we'll get, sure. In a minute. Hit, in a minute. Hit me with a take.
1: The first thing I want to say is the 13 seconds I watched my video right I was at the game and I, in my memories, I have a lot of good, cool pictures from that game. Steph Diggs playing catch with the fans right in front of me. And I, I did like a 20 second clip after the game that's just like, we're here in the heartbreak at Arrowhead. I was like, I felt pain before, but I haven't felt it like this before. Like, this was our Super Bowl chance. We had it. And it's just like, it brought me back to that pain. And I'm like, oh, I don't think I'll ever feel anything like I felt from that game. But even this game, I I was so, I was very confident. I felt very good about this team and this game. Seeing Tronell Bernard being out was a huge deal. Like the last minute. I mean, I saw Brandon Bean's post-season conference where he was like, this man is going to play. He he's doing everything he can. He did. He was running in the pool. He was getting treatment every day and they put him through a full game simulated workout on Saturday. And he was like, he could do maybe 60% of what he needed to do. And when being in, mcdermott went up to him and told him he wasn't playing he started crying and it was Barry Bean was like these are the things that make you want to cry because you're just so close you get all the way here and one player and you're not and now you're playing one of the greatest tight ends of all time and a solid running back with a linebacker you signed off the street and you know duct tape so right. that's that's devastating stories like that make it hurt more seeing hayden poyer is just gut-wrenching it's the thing that got me, man, it's we, it, it reminded me a little bit of the Jacksonville game when I was talking about, like, you'll remember the day the defense held this glue together with backups and turnovers in the red zone. And it's like the DeMar Hamlin fake punt just made me really mad. And my favorite tweet I've seen so far was, they're like, what does Sean McDermott think? This is a Disney movie? What are you doing? And then, like, <laughs> this, DeMar Hamlin doesn't need that. And you have a quarter billion dollar quarterback, give him the ball, right? Never take the ball out of his hands. And to see Jordan Poyer make a heroic play, a, a heroic last play as a Buffalo Bill. And hopefully it's not his last play, right? We don't know. He's got a year left on his deal. Maybe they transition a new safety and if Micah Hyde retires, but to see him leave it all out there. All seven, eight seasons that he has been a Buffalo Bill, making these punch outs, making strong hits, making plays on the ball. And he came through if the grass on the turf was a millimeter taller, he'd be ruled down. If he had maybe two inches of height, it's a touchdown. Mikel Hardman, right? That was the player fumbled. Yep. And Jordan Poyer comes in here. The bend don't break. You are you cannot be bent anymore. It's that moment that you're bending a piece of plastic right before it snaps. And Jordan Poyer, that plays a statue type play if they win this game. And it's dejecting to see them not be able to finish that game off after such heroics from the back end there. But I don't know, John. I'm sad. I've been really sad. <laughs> you're, you're
2: making me re- relive moments of this game. And uh, I guess I was just getting through it by forgetting it. At this point, because it's all coming back right now.
1: I mean, I'm watching the game and I have goosebumps thinking about Jordan Boyer's play. And it was when that happened, I was sitting there like, holy cow, that's a play that gets your jersey retired. If it wasn't already, this is a play that wins you a championship. And this is a play that shows the soul of this team and of those two guys that are back there. And they are doing everything that they can to to patch together this Five starters, six starters missing or hurt. And to have all pro po come through like that, I just, it was incredible and then gut wrenching at the same time. So,
2: yeah. Before we get to your digs take, because I don't want to forget that and circle back to it, just want to let you guys know this podcast is brought to you by Small City Realty. If you're looking to buy, sell, or manage property in Western New York, call Zachary Corzillis at Small City Realty, 585 409 1088. 585 four zero nine one zero eight eight. All right. Let's get your digs take on that catch. Cause I, I wasn't as mad in the moment. Like when you look back and you see that it could have possibly made a difference on the game, I have a take on this too. So I'll, I'll hear yep. yours first.
1: I just, I don't want to hear it from these people but <laughs> ripping on Steph Diggs, man. I think Trent Shurfield's drop is much more egregious than Stefan Diggs's drop. I, would I don't put make...
2: them on about the same level. I think the Trent Shurfield catch was tough. He only had one hand free also. So, Steph had both his hands free. That's there's a difference there because Trent Shurfield was being held.
1: From my view of the stadium, the bills were coming my direction. I was right in the corner, right at the pylon of the upright where we missed the field goal at. So the catch was it was right in front of me. Both of those plays were right in front of me. And to see Shurfield, the ball was he threw it all. He threw his receiver open. Allen threw Shurfield open to make that little in cut and get a hand on the ball. And he had it. I I don't even think the hold mattered. He had it. He he has to hold his arms there. And it's such a hard play, and it's such a hard catch to not have the ground make your arms split. But I think that was a much higher percentage catch. So
2: I, see, we're talking about two different catches here, by the way.
1: I'm talking uh, yeah, about the deep bomb the, 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 one-on-one. The, yeah, down the Sherfield
2: sure diving one. Yes, yeah. and there was one more where he was being held. He was just running a deep route, and he basically threw it into you know, one of his arms basically.
1: Gotcha. No, I'm not, it's not that one. It's that deep streak down the field where Allen threw yeah. the ball inside and Sherfield made the dive for yeah. it. And he had it. And then the ball hit the ground after the follow through. And right. that's, that's the a, play. That's a
2: very tough catch to survive.
1: I it think. is, but he gotta have it. And Allen yeah. put that ball on a rope. And I think from watching Stefan Diggs run his route, he was double covered. He fought through the guys And when he is going up, he's got a guy under him who is an all pro corner underneath him. And he was hauling ass down the sideline. Steph Diggs, he hit another gear. I remember seeing him run. I'm like, he's going to be open. And you could see the safety, try and make his way over the top. And you can see, I think it was Snead. And I'm like, he's got him. And Diggs hit the gas and he was like, boom. But when he went up to catch that ball, you know, you don't know what you're coming down onto. The speed that he was running to get open for that route The whole play was a work of magic, but I he didn't have a good look to get it in his hands. He had his kind of forearms there because he had to elevate himself to get up in the air to get over the corner. And if he didn't have to jump so high, maybe he catches it with his hands, but maybe he jumped so high and it kind of threw off his trajectory into his wrists. But that's an incredibly difficult throw. I'm not mad on that. You know, this guy has brought in tons of passes. They've missed on him a ton. All season long. And he was running open almost all game. And it looked like Allen was coached to dink and dunk down the field. It, it looked like Diggs was open from my perspective. Again, I haven't watched any all 22. I haven't watched even the condensed game back, but from where I was standing, Right at that vomitory of one thirty, it looked like he was running open. He was running open on the short routes. He was getting the open on the deep routes and it looked like Allen was coached to take the easy pass. And I'm not saying that that was a bad game plan, but I don't like the slander of trade this man. I don't like this guy's not a number one anymore.
2: Oh yeah. I'm not on board with any of that. I think, honestly, I think he makes that, that is a difficult catch, but that's a catch that Stefan Diggs makes nine times out of 10. Yeah. So those are the things that didn't break your way. Also, the other thing that I wanted to bring up about that, my take on it was I'm pretty sure that was actually at the start of, was that the drive where they ended up faking the punt? I thought it was after the fake punt. I thought it was too, because it, isn't it the final drive of the game? I thought it was the final have to, drive. Might yeah. have to pull up the game log because in that case, your ideal scenario for the Bills, which is upsetting that it didn't happen, was that you took all eight minutes to score. Right. And left zero seconds left on the clock. Yeah. And they had an opportunity to do that with second and nine. And I have more issues with how things went there. Yeah. Because I, I, don't, I don't think that giving Patrick Mahomes the ball back with any more than any seconds at all left on the clock is a good decision, tied yeah. or otherwise. I mean, maybe tied because then they're playing it safe for overtime, maybe. But even then, you're not going to get that. Like it, there was yeah. just no world. And if you had if you had scored or if you had connected on the Stefan Diggs pass, you'd be giving them back the ball with, you know, six minutes to go after you maybe but even that, a touchdown. I'm cool
1: with that. Cause like six minutes to go, there could be like 35 more points scored in that. There could time. be,
2: but they also, you know, it's in their hands. They have the ability yeah. to slow play you and go down the field yeah. and you just want to have the ball last. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I like that to me, the second and nine, this, this happened in the Broncos game. Remember in the Broncos game, they were in the same exact position. And I'm like, Oh, I literally just want like two Josh Allen sweeps. Give give me two Josh Allen sweeps. And if we have less than that would have given you a guaranteed less than fourth and one. Cause the worst outcome for the chiefs there is you get a first down a touchdown is the second worst outcome Mm -hmm. for them from their perspective. But
1: if you watch the 13 seconds game, I just remember how many sweeps that they called for Allen in the fourth quarter on the drives that they needed third down conversions on and the drives that they needed some chunks. They ran Allen so much in that 13 second game because it's unstoppable. And finally, he got back to doing it in the playoffs this year. But it's just one of those things that I would love to be a, a fly on the wall in the coach's room. Because, again, Allen's a gunslinger and you see him take these shots and you see him go for Khalil Shakir, who he had open. It was there. Chris Jones breaks up the play with pushing Dion back into Allen and you see the plays there, but when the going gets tough, you know, you got to kill the clock and I don't know. And I'm flustered with all these thoughts. I lost my train of thought. I just think that having that ball with eight minutes to go, not calling Allen running and you're not handing it off, but James Cook finishes with negative six yards in the second half, but you want to run heavy, but you have digs open running a crossing pattern. So it's like like the the play was probably to digs and Allen's like, ah, I'm going to get this. And then it's they rein him in to throw the check downs and then he guns it. And then when he guns it, they rein him in and they don't want him to run, but he needs to run. It's just this really weird mash. It doesn't look like perfect chemistry. You know, you you want to see perfect chemistry from your quarterback and your coaching staff and you know, whatever you see a, a bad relationship or a bad job or some sort of bad juju. And it just kind of seems like they're going hemming and haunt a little bit to to what Josh Allen wanted. And I felt like it came through on that last drive because you had Diggs running the underneath mesh route right across the field for a six, seven yard gain. He probably gets the first down, probably stays in bounds. But he also had Shakir and he, Allen's like, go big or go home, baby, right? Like he's not, yeah. you know, I, I, who's the go-to re- r- route for that play call? Like, who's the go-to read? Is it Shakir? Is it? The underneath route, we'll never know.
2: Yeah. And again, it's a lot more nuanced than that with checks, you know, what the defense is showing, what the defense is is allowing you to do. And it's a very talented defense. This is one of the best defenses in the NFL now. Yeah. And even with that, felt good about the matchup. But man, I mean, to lose in a year where the Chiefs have their worst year yet with yep. Patrick Mahomes, it's just like, it's infinitely frustrating for all of those Reasons, you know, you had home field advantage. You had the ball with under eight minutes to go. I don't think that Josh let you down in this one. I don't know if, again, I don't. I don't think Tyler Bass let you down either. I, I think that that's a field goal that doesn't ensure a win. That that's yep. a field goal that ensures that Patrick Mahomes is going to get a good amount of time to go down and score a field goal. And he's done it in much less time before and much easier. This is a game where earlier in the year you bottled up Travis Kels pretty well, and then you couldn't do it in the playoffs for whatever reason. And it's, it's probably because you have AJ Klein, you know, in there and you saw a couple plays where they put Travis Kels in the backfield to get him lined up on AJ Klein because mm-hmm. they like that matchup so much. So
1: Andy Reid's good at that, Yeah, finding yep. that matchup to target. And I I don't want to blame Tyler Bass either. Again, I was there right at the field goal marker, again, up in the 30th row or whatever, right in the 100-level section. And I was looking at the flags, and they were moving a little bit, but I didn't really feel a lot of wind. So maybe there's like a little bit of a schwall or wind shawl or whatever that you call it. That ball
2: hooked. I, just the way it came off of his foot, like he sliced it. It's yeah, like me it's, driving. It's like I said, the golf prank.
1: course, man. All I'm thinking of it is he swung it to over the top. You know, it's, it's just like a golf swing. You get the over, you get the hooking to the right motion because you leave the foot of your face more open than it needs to be. And you come down over the top of it. I'm sure it's the same with kicking. It has to be because the way that that ball hooked, there was not that much wind. And Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey on their podcast, Jason Kelsey said the same thing. And he was like, how does that ball hook? And Travis was like, bro, bro, did you feel the wind? And I was like, I was standing right there. And I didn't feel the wind. So I'm like, it has to be the physics behind it, but I don't know. 45 yards, Johnny, you ever hit a 45 yarder?
2: No, Came close. (laughs) Not in a game. (laughs) No,
1: (laughs) but I don't know. man.
2: Yeah. Oh man. This, this uh, recounting these events is like still pulling my heart out of my chest right now. Cause it's, it's just like they were there and you felt Mm -hmm. good about the matchup. You felt good about going into Baltimore. You didn't feel like that was insurmountable. Yeah, And this is a team that can beat anybody. They've never lost to anybody by more than six points in the last, whatever calendar year and a half or something like that. So uh, it's just infinitely upsetting. It's infinitely uh, frustrating. It's, yeah, I can't pick up on a, a criticism narrative because I can't just pick and choose the things that I I would fix because I don't think that it's a tear it down situation. But no. it's just it's really sad when you get into the players who aren't going to be in here next year, mm-hmm. you know. And
1: we were worried about that this year. The interesting part about all of this, McDermott talking about, he bites his teeth from the cloth of Andy Reid being an aggressive pass heavy offense. Did you see that at all?
2: I did see this clip. Yeah,
1: that that was like... an interesting clip
2: because.
1: Yeah they doubled down to be the heaviest. It's like the third heaviest run team in the final half of the season. And you right. wonder is McDermott coaching that way? Cause of his personnel, is he coaching that way? Cause he knows everybody's bracketing on Steph Diggs and we can't get anybody else open. And we're doing all these short underneath routes. And we're really doubling down on the run game to try to pull that safety up into the box a little bit more. You hear him talk about explosive plays, right? They were talking this morning on WGR they made Joe do a search history of any other time McDermott talked about wanting the offense to have more explosive plays and he hasn't. They used AI to find the words and Twitter to find the conversations. And they it, McDermott had only ever said that about opposing teams and their explosive plays, never about the Buffalo bills and their explosive plays. But the moral that I'm trying to get to, I think is this team is good, but and they I, again, I heard this somewhere, but the enemy of great is good. And the bills are good and they're going to have to be better than what they have been, how they get there. It could look different depending on where you look at it. Wide receiver, safety, D line, corner, running back, James Cook again with another drop, but they have to understand that what they've been doing is good and that's okay. But we, we have a quarterback, right? We, we have a Josh Allen. And I don't want to be Pat Ma- Peyton Manning here, right? Uh, as great as Peyton Manning was, he had, what he went to three championship games as a Colt? maybe three AFC title games. And then a couple more as a Bronco, but yeah. you know, they went 14 and two and 13 and three and 15 and one. And, and they never won anything. So we can't be wasting these years of Josh. And I hope that well, there's a sense of urgency Eventually
2: they did, but
1: yeah, eventually yeah. he was 30, but again, that's because they had a good coach, right? They had a good coach had a good plan in place, but they weren't great. Yeah. So what gets you to be great? Is it, I, I'm not trying to hate on Sean McDermott. I'm not trying to hate on Brandon Bean. I just don't know the answer because the way that B- Sean McDermott talked in his post game is like, he knows we have to pass the ball and Brandon Bean says, we know we have to get better and how they do it. We'll see when push comes to shove, what actually happens, but.
2: I'm going to counter. I think that this team is great. I think that they've run into roadblocks in the playoffs and I, I don't want to make too much of it because obviously as humans, we're wired to find patterns, right? But this is not, 10 years of I don't know what amount of years would constitute a pattern for this, but five years. Yeah, <laughs> but probably three. These last three years are the three years you could say that they had an, a roster capable of winning the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. I say three years.
1: Four years. So four years. twenty. Four years.
2: Four years, so again, in three of those years, the roadblock that you've run into is a team that has been to the championship game every year and is seems to be built for these playoff games, no matter how they look in the regular season. I'm struggling to articulate this well because the season has such a binary outcome, even though it has very nuanced components to it. This is a very nuanced roster. Honestly, if you look at the stats of that game, the, the breakdown of each category, first downs, total yardage, time of possession, all that guts. It was, it, well, it was very close, but the Bills won every single category yes, except did. for the score. Yep. So, well, you know, maybe you play that game nine times out of 10 and and the Bills win it. But that just happened to be that one time, which is the reason why we're frustrated, right? I was less frustrated after last year because they deserved to lose that game against Cincinnati. Yes. They either no-showed or what that 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 was more of an indication of a problem to me because they had every opportunity to win this game. And it didn't necessarily come down to one play, but you change any one of three or four plays that you could probably make it happen. Yeah. And it, it probably turns out differently because Patrick Mahomes was great in this game and you had the offense to match it. It's not like Patrick Mahomes had a bad day and you still lost. Like Patrick Mahomes was the best version of Patrick Mahomes. He was dishing it. He was calm. He was poised. He didn't get sacked at all. And you, you still hung with him. And even on a day where Kansas city's defense seemed to be the best unit out there. So again, I don't think they're going to tear it down. Draft me a wide receiver in the first round, a wide receiver in the second round, and then do whatever you want after that. Like do you but imagine? that's, that's kind of where I'm at That'd with
1: cool. that. So you are talking about Patterns here. And this is the one that I found fascinating because the Chiefs don't have a turnover in three playoff games against the Bills until Poyers punch out. They average 36 points per game against the Bills in these three games. If you look at all the playoff losses, 27 to the Bengals when we lost that game. Yeah. I mean, I don't really want to count the Houston game, but it's still, you know, 22 is not too bad, but it's 27, 42, 38. And even in the one that you won against the Dolphins, you allowed 31. Right. Um, When the back is against the wall here, they find a way to beat this defense, which has been elite the entire time that he's been here.
2: Yeah.
1: So offense
2: scores in in playoff games. Well, especially, I mean, we saw a lot of low scoring games in the playoffs this week besides the bills. So,
1: yeah. And maybe, maybe keep that in mind as we go into Brandon's bets a little later today. So, I mean, I, John, I just, I feel crushed. I I think last year's loss, like you said, was easier to stomach because we were so bad right? We were so bad, but I I want to tell you a story here about how confident that I was in this team. All right. So I'm watching (laughs) the Baltimore game and they are winning. And I see that they haven't hosted a championship game in 53 years. Right? So I'm like, this is going to be rowdy. I have to go to the AFC championship game when the bills beat the chiefs. So I'm on StubHub, you know, the, evening of saturday night and i purchased two tickets to this afc championship game put them on a credit card and i'm like i'll figure it out later which i really didn't say anything to anybody because i didn't want to jinx anything until maybe like at halftime i ran into a parent of a student that i teach and i told him that i had tickets to the <laughs> championship game because we were winning and i'm like i shouldn't have told him that but anyways buy them on stop hub paid a pricey amount for him um let's just call it a lot, and so, anyways, <laughs> I paid a lot for these tickets, and I, just, you know, pick specific seats. And then, you know, the next day, StubHub says the seller won't sell you these tickets; they're going to offer you substitute tickets instead. So again, they give me like ten rows higher, and it's in the middle instead of an aisle seat because I had an aisle seat. So then the bills lose. I still have these tickets, so I'm like, oh, okay, I got to sell them or whatever. So I go to to sell them, and now the now the seller got rid of the listing and reposted those exact same tickets for a thousand dollars a piece. And I am unable to get a ticket, nor am I able to get a full refund from StubHub. They offered me a 10% credit back and then they offered me a 25% credit back. I had to be on the hold for the phone for 45 minutes twice. That's how confident that I was that the Bills were going to win this game, man. I was ready to go. I was so ready to go. You're going
2: to have to explain to me the, the logistics of that again.
1: I bought the tickets And then apparently the seller was unable to produce the tickets that I bought. So StubHub offered me like comparable seats, but I had purchased like 50 yard line row 15 aisle seats in Baltimore in the upper deck. So I was like way up, but yeah. um, The comparable tickets that they offered me were like, again, like six or seven rows higher and in the middle of the aisle. And I'm like, these are not comparable. The seats that I paid for were I, I picked the aisle on purpose. So I didn't accept them. And then 24 hours later, the seller gets rid of his listing because of the Taylor Swift, I think, the Taylor Swift concept, it really boosted the ticket prices for this game. Right. So instead of getting $400 a ticket, like what I paid, he relisted them for $1,000 a ticket. And StubHub's guarantee of getting these tickets does not exist. They're full of shit. So I have no tickets to this game. I have a $1,288 charge that is in no man's land because StubHub said they wouldn't give me a refund and they offered me a 10% bonus back on my total. And I was like, are you serious? And I was like, so you have a seller that sold? It was like, what if I go to the gas station and I go to put like unleaded in my car and it's water, but it was labeled unleaded and I paid for it. And my car breaks down. I'm like, what about my airfare or my hotel? What if I had already booked it? What if the bills had won? So I gave it to the manager and he was like, I don't know what to tell you. So I did cancel (laughs) it like through my credit card, but I just, it was like an extra level of devastation. I was so ready to go. But Uh, you got
2: your money back at least, right?
1: No, 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 nothing yet. Nothing in hand yet. I got to wait 10 days. They got investigated and uh, this whole thing. So StubHub is a nightmare, but whatever. Jeez! So I was just really confident, man. I, I'm not even. I, the money is money. Like we work, we'll make money in our lifetime, and I'm not homeless. So it's like it's just. It, it was just a kick in the teeth because I was so ready to see this team play Baltimore. Like whatever happens, happens. And we we have a good game plan against Lamar all the time, and I was I was just so in 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 in, and I had been so down, right? So it was like a total euphoric switch for me. I thought and just to be let down again
2: <sighs> they get you at that yeah. all right well we're uh we're running up on time here really quick so yes. i'm gonna do a quick top 10 then we're gonna do some brando's bets and then uh make some very quick game picks and get out of sorry here. sorry to be long-winded on that i just oh no no you're <clears throat> good i'm totally good with you airing your grievances on the show especially <laughs> after one of the most upsetting losses of our lifetime at least yeah but Anyway, I got a top 10 here. No graphic today. I'll probably put it in and post. So you audio people aren't actually missing anything this time, which <laughs> is cool, which is most of you, actually. But anyway, I got a little list here together. I'm a little bitter. I got 10 things better than watching a Bill's loss. Oh. And, uh,
1: <laughs> that makes sense.
2: I guess I should title this. Uh, okay. I'm going to go top 10 things better than watching a Bill's heartbreaker. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change that because a regular Bill's loss we can get through, but. This was was a heartbreaker. So, top 10 things better than watching a Bill's heartbreaker. Number 10, taking an ice-cold bubble bath with a toaster. Number (laughs) 9, sitting in the exit row of an Alaskan Airlines flight. Speak from experience. Well, did you see the Boeing plane where the door blew off mid-flight? Oh, yeah, I did see that. That's bad. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, anybody, if you're looking for a documentary, watch The Case Against Boeing. I think it's on Netflix. Interesting stuff. Uh number eight, putting Legos in your shoes so you can step on them wherever you go. <laughs> number seven, waving back at someone who wasn't waving at you. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> number six, marathoning all the Tom Brady documentaries back to oh, back.
1: I did that. Actually, it sucks, I'll tell really? Yeah.
2: Well maybe mix in like 80 for Brady every other time in there to yeah.
1: really torture yourself. No, I, I have not done 80 for Brady and I won't do 80 for Brady. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, Number five, finishing shoveling your driveway right before the plow goes by and covers it up again.
1: Or finishing shoveling your driveway and then proceeding to get through more feet of snow. True. Which Buffalo got. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, Number four, being snowed in and out of beer. (laughs) That one sucks. Uh, Number three, being run over by a truck and then backed over again by the same truck.
1: Yep. Sounds about right.
2: Uh, Number two, stepping in a puddle with socks on.
1: (laughs) Wet socks. Wet socks. The worst.
2: And the number one thing better than watching a Bill's heartbreaker, watching the 2024 Sabres.
1: Ah, so true. <laughs>
2: Dude, did you see the goals
1: that were allowed last night in Anaheim? I saw... I didn't stay up to watch. Uh, but okay.
2: I, I watched... I watched... I think it was Dallin trip over his own skates and then give up a goal. I think it <laughs> happened three
1: times. Way. Three times players tripped over their skates or they went to make a pass. They fell. It was comedy. It was like, so who got into the, have you I ever seen the Malcolm it, it, in the middle
2: episode? I was going Francis- to say it, it looks like I haven't seen that Malcolm in the middle episode, but so, you know, ex- ahead, explain it, it to me. Cause I was just going to say, it looks like the Buffalo wild wings commercial where they pull the button under the bar and the sprinklers pop out of the football field and the guy trips and misses the yeah. field goal. Just that's, true.
1: that's funny. Well, so in Malcolm in the middle, Francis is like working in an Alaskan, Something. I don't remember what it was, a fishing or oil, or whatever restaurant. And <laughs> they have a hockey league and they play in it and they take it super seriously. And he's the equipment manager. And I think he fixes a game. He has a bed in on the game. So he goes and he messes <laughs> up everybody's skates on the other team. And it looked they're all falling all over the place. Their blades are broken. And it's it looked like Francis got a hold of the Saber skates in that's, that game in Anaheim. That's so, yeah, that, that's a fitting number one.
2: That's hilarious. That that really is spot on. Anyway. Let's uh let's get a little Brando's bet in here. Maybe make yeah, some yeah. money on this uh, championship round, if nothing else.
1: Time for Brando's Bets.
2: Not financial advice, please responsibly.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, don't call it a streak yet, but you can call it a streak on Monday when we hit it three in a row because Brando's Bets is here and we are looking good again after picking up a win Yesterday in our game, even though the Bills lost, we still won money, which still sucks. I'd give it up for the Bills to win. But anyways, I am looking at both of these championship games, the NFC title game and the AFC title game. And I find myself looking at the totals because the Bills game was not a massive total. It was what? 27, 24. So we're looking at 51. And that was the highest scoring game of all everybody. And we set yep. that at 51, right? So now we look at these other teams. We look at the Chiefs and the Ravens. The Chiefs are getting a layup of a referee job with whoever is reffing that game. I can't think of his name, but I know the away team is like massively, massively favored in penalty calls and records. It's just ridiculous to the point where people are tweeting the fixes in the NFL for assigning this game to get Taylor Swift to the Super Bowl for the ratings and all this crap. I don't buy it, but I will buy... That the Chiefs are going to win, but that's not going to be my bet. But I, I'm, it's going to be a low-scoring game, and Mahomes is going to come up with some more plays than Allen or than then Jackson. So Dang, I know. <laughs> so I'm looking at the numbers of over and under, and I'm taking the under 50.5 total for Chiefs at Ravens. I think we're looking at a 17-21, 17-23, you know, 21-23 kind of game. And I, th- I do think the Chiefs are going to pull it out, but I think if you take that under 50 and a half, it gives you some wiggle room on either side for any sort of garbage time score. But the Ravens defense is outstanding. They are, I think I want to say when you look at points allowed per drive during the 2023 season, they are first and it's 1.3 points per drive. The Bills had eight possessions last week, so you're looking at 12 points. If that's the, you know, the stats per per drives, which was the lowest amount of possessions the Bills have ever had, by the way. And the Chiefs actually come in third for this statistic at 1.5 points per drive when the NFL average is 1.9. So I know it's a crazy stat, weird number of stat for you there, but I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. I will say the cornerback for the Chiefs, uh, Ligarius Sneed, I walked out with his mom again, I'm not making a mom joke here or anything. I walked her out of the stadium, her, and I believe it was his aunt and they are the nicest human beings ever. I, we talked for so long. She was so funny talking about how she was bummed. He gave up the first ever touchdown pass of the season to Khalil Shakir, but she was like, what a play to get beat on though, is what I just kept saying. And that was an um,
2: insane play generational play.
1: Yeah. So that was an outstanding play. And she understood that too. And we talked for a while. She had three other boys and it was really cool to get to know them. And um I was still pissed that her son was so good against the Bills, but I told her that he's a baller. So that was cool. But anyways, I'm counting on him this week to keep the Ravens down in the point total for the Chiefs Ravens game. And then I'm looking at the under for the Lions Niners game, but I'm taking a much higher number for that number I'm looking at 60 and uh, a total under 60 for the Lions Niners. When you parlay those together you get minus one twenty. A minus one twenty two actually it just changed. That's funny. Um so it's decent. They heard Jersey. you, Brandon.
2: They're, they're yeah. sinking the odds. They're, they they're listening.
1: You. So I I thought that was a good line. You could get a 28-29 game, you know, 27-24 like the Bills game. I think it'll be higher scoring one way or the other. If they Niners don't have Debo Samuel with their 8-9 is a career record without him. So if they don't have <laughs> Debo Samuel, look out. So I think this, this number, 60 is a big number. Hit the under on that. Minus 122. Lock it in, Brandon's better the week. Not financial advice, but it could be a financial gain. So
2: I like, I like it. That. I like it. And uh quick game picks. All right. Baltimore minus three and a half. Who you got in that one? Chiefs. Chiefs? Yep. All right, give give me Ravens. Uh Lions 49ers. Who you got? Is it seven and a half? Uh San Francisco minus seven. I've got here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Give me the Lions, baby. Roar. Lions, give me 49ers. You might sweep it. You might take the lead here this week. John. It's this my only. Very... Sh-
2: I I haven't calculated our picks from last week, so I have no idea where I'm at. Yeah, I don't uh, well, even know if I made up any week. ground.
1: Yeah, I think you did. Tool. And I think if you get both of these right and I get them wrong, you probably tie or pass me.
2: Maybe tie, maybe tie. Yeah. Cause I didn't, I didn't make enough picks to catch up last week. Give
1: me lions chiefs 2.0 beat them again.
2: That'd be pretty sick. A uh, rematch of the first game of the season.
1: Yeah. And Tony will be back in the lineup to drop another ball.
2: <laughs> right we could have used him this week God right well, our, it was our receivers looking like Kadarius Tony out there all right well uh, you guys know where to find us on Twitter and all that stuff at not buff podcast uh, you can go yell at Pat in the comments <laughs> for <Okay>. my editing <laughs> mistake yeah. uh, it's so funny that but uh, funny. anyway we're probably going to look at going once a week for the rest of the offseason we might do a couple two a week like uh, heading up to the Super Bowl here So stay posted on our socials for that. Again, want to thank everybody for listening this season, getting through it with us. It's been a wild ride. And hopefully you are listening this week because I know I'm one of those people. I haven't listened to any Bill's content since this Bill's loss happened. So we really appreciate those of you who are listening right now and getting through it with us. You know, we're still in as much or more pain than you are. So I guess we're all grieving together, right? Yeah, I guess we'll laugh at ourselves together or something like that. But anyway, we'll be back next week. Hopefully we'll get Pat on. We can find a time to record where he can make it too. But until then, go Bills. Go Bills.